0: Welcome to the Born Unbreakable Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. From lost trauma, disappointments, and devastation to healing hope and betterment, what has grounded me is my unbreakable spirit. We all have that spirit within us. Every week, I'm here to inspire you with stories of perseverance and growth. My mission is to help you crush self-limiting beliefs and to be unapologetically you, you are your only limit, so take action today. Let your unbreakable ride begin now. This episode is brought to you by Brossery, More than just bra strap, the accessory I love. With styles from dainty to daring, you will too. Click the link in the description or go to brossery.com and use promo code BUSHIP to get free shipping on your order today. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I am so excited. We have DJ Cardenas in the virtual building cuz you know we're doing this pandemic <laughs> this life. Exactly.
1: exactly. Right? Right? How are you?
0: What's going on? I'm good. My boy DJ, so I do have to tell the story of how DJ and I met. Um, but he I got to give some props to the East Coast right now. So DJ is from Jersey City, New Jersey. What? And he is representing Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, a couple different parts of the East Coast there. And I was blessed to make the acquaintance of DJ through uh, a common event that we went to a couple years back called the Summit of Greatness. It's this incredible life-changing event that um, this awesome influencer named Lewis Howes, A lot of you probably follow him on all his different platforms. He was um, a former American handball player turned lifestyle entrepreneur, has one of the number one podcasts called The School of Greatness. Um, If you don't listen to it, definitely go check that out. But um, Lewis has been very inspirational and influential for both DJ and I from a life perspective and also just an entrepreneur and business perspective. And so we had that common thread um, from that event DJ and I connected through social media. Uh, we started really following each other. And I have been so incredibly impressed with DJ. He is the founder of Weekly Leadership. He is the host of the Weekly Leadership podcast. He's a coach in mindset and growth. And I just had to have him on the show.
1: Well, <laughs> listen, I, I appreciate you having me on. And, you know, it's kind of crazy to think that it's already going to be before you know it two years since we last went to that event
0: um, i know
1: obviously with the big shift in the world so it's been insane but i mean it's great to see everybody still you know staying not just busy but like really growing I mean, you've, you've had so much growth since then and all the amazing work that you've been doing has been awesome for us as well
0: yeah yeah and it's the community that we've built that you've helped to keep going with great momentum through the summit of greatness is awesome because it was a little disappointing that we couldn't gather over the last two years, but there've been some nice virtual events that has been put on both from Lewis and a lot of people in the community. And um, it's been a nice way for us to connect. Um, You started uh, a little while back on clubhouse, a weekly forum where all all, many of us get together when we can on Friday afternoons and, and just keep in touch with what what's going on. So if anyone out there is on clubhouse right now, it is a platform for Apple users. And I'm sure at some point it's going to expand to Android. So, um, I'm that everything, the internet's going to break apart when that happens. Um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely, definitely look up DJ. I'll, I'll make sure all his infos in the show notes so you can follow him and join his, uh, um, clubhouse rooms that he puts on. But, um, DJ, you know, I really wanted to have some dialogue with you about leadership. I think that this is such an incredible time to think about how we show up as leaders, given the climate that we're in, both from an economic and political and social perspective. Um, it's kind of incredible to think that in 2021, there's still challenges in our world that we face that seems like they would have been, you know, Dismantled long ago, but you know, here we find ourselves still with racial injustice and um, a lot of p- political strife, um, despite all of the advancements that we have um, in education and technology and things like that. So, maybe let's start with what was your journey to founding Weekly Leadership? What inspired you to create that platform and maybe talk a little bit more about it for our audience?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, for me, Weekly Leadership. It stems from so many different experiences for me. I mean, if I was to really go back, I, I was actually just thinking about this earlier. Back when I was a kid, I was someone who sat in the back of the class. I used to get bullied. I didn't have a whole lot of friends and things like that. As a matter of fact, I was looking at, I was. I visited my mom up in Jersey and I was there for the holidays and I saw my high school proficiency exam. I didn't even realize I failed all three sections of reading, writing, and writing. So so it's kind of crazy, but it's funny because I think a lot of my passion and my drive for leadership stems from that and kind of really built the pathway to me wanting to learn how do I become a leader? How do I become that person that not just stands out, but is someone that can really impact other people? Because that was my thing. like I always wanted to do something because I felt that greatness within me. I just didn't know what it was. And so, uh, you know, just to go back a little bit of hindsight, I met a mentor of mine back in 2013, um, brought me under his wing, uh, showed me everything that he was doing, not just in the event management business, where we were working with Catherine McPhee and Kristen Chenoweth and the OJs and all these amazing people. But I also started to see what he was doing in terms of building these relationships. You know, we would work with, you know, we'd have Cat Williams come in one night or Bill Maher. And everybody's just like, oh, my God, it's Cat Williams. And, oh, look who it is. And, uh, but, uh, and then I would see somebody else pull up just randomly. And uh, my mentor, Joe, he would come up to me. And he would say, oh, yeah, you should meet Bill. I'm like, who's Bill? Oh, he owns the uh, he owns the, uh, the theater up in Boston. I'm like, he owns, he owns the theater? No, yeah, he owns the theater. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let me go find out who this guy is. So <laughs> it, it was very interesting to me because that was like, the thing that really pulled me. So how how weekly leadership came about was, you know, years down the road uh, back in 20, actually really 2019 was when it first started. It was just a little weekly video that I did on Instagram that was once a week, two, three minutes long of just me giving advice or sharing stories on leadership. And I kind of just kept that same thing of trying to create a resource for, for others like me who were trying to figure out, well, what real leadership is. And I knew there was something that I was doing in my corporate career that many others weren't. And so that's how the weekly leadership thing came to be. And it kind of just kept, you know, snowballing. And now here we are in 2021. We have the website, the podcast, um, articles, and then we'll have contributing authors as we go along. And I'm also working on releasing a book that focuses on five principles for me of what I think real leadership is about and five principles that anybody can take and really just implement. So so that's pretty much where we've where we've been with everything, and and just a little bit of a story of how we started Weekly Leadership.
0: Oh my gosh, you are so boss, DJ. That is amazing <laughs> because you know, as I mentioned, as I started digging into your content, it is fricking awesome. Mm-hmm. I think it's so it's so inspirational, and it comes at such as I mentioned earlier, an opportune time. For us to really examine and explore what leadership means, not just externally, because I think oftentimes we think leader, we think public figures, we think you have to have a particular title to be a quote unquote leader, when really the way that we should be framing it is how we're showing up in our communities um, that we can impact on a daily basis all the time.
1: Right. Right. So... That's one of the things I think when I first realized where there was a separation in what I was doing and what leaders in the company that I was working at were doing. And, you know, I was in the event management field uh, eventually started scaling from there and ended up in business consulting with the same company. And and I moved on from my career in that space from that time. But I remember just being in the event management position. I had a team of uh, three people that I worked with and then we had another manager And I remember all these different teams that we would lead. We would do about 270, 280 plus events a year. And Mm -hmm. there were so many times where I would see individuals who would literally, we would hire them for the event and they would come look for me or they would say, hey, where's DJ working? Oh, is he working in Atlantic City today? I want to go there because that's where he's at. So I knew there was something there. And then I would go see the vice president and the executives and all these different directors. And there were people who would walk into a room and literally turn around and walk out because they didn't want to be around. I'm like, wait, what am I? So obviously it's not the positional level. It's not the Mm -hmm. title. I mean, I, I know that. And I think most people do. But what are the real core principles? And that's what really inspired me to say, let me study myself even more. And let me really dive deep into the work that I've been doing to see what the separation is and how I can relay that information to others. That's, you know, that's the most important thing.
0: Yeah. What, is, what are those principles for you as you've examined them more closely?
1: So, you know, there's, there's a ton of different things, but I, I really boiled it down to what I call the five keys of impact leadership. That's communication, collaboration, consistency, courage, and care. And when you look at those five areas of leadership, those are really basic points, but those are some of the most important factors that are left out and oftentimes forgotten as we start to scale our careers, our businesses, or really our communities. You could just be somebody who's leading a nonprofit in your local uh, community, and sometimes those things are forgotten. And a lot of them really stem from just principles that people have been implementing for years. But as we start to get into these new waves of technology, different businesses are opening. I mean, just 2020 alone with the shift that happens with COVID happening, that changed the game plan for a lot of people. So every single year, every single moment, every single chapter of our life, we're always going through a new wave of something that is causing us to have to really reevaluate what we're doing. But there's always a baseline that we can go back to, a guiding set of principles. And the best way I could really break it down is I I have a certification in Six Sigma. And when I went after that, it was really because of the passion of coming up with different systems and processes, which is exactly what Six Sigma is. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is great. And then I started to think, well, how come we don't have that in leadership? How come there's no one set of rules? Like if you go to a business, like especially in manufacturing, they'll have a Six Sigma principle of this is how we do you know, the process. This is how we have things done on the floor. Then we go from the floor to the corporate and then we go from corporate to the sales and there's a process. In leadership, there's a bunch of different set of principles, but there's no set baseline as to, okay, here's five, six, seven principles that we can go back to and just implement them in a way that people understand them. They can use them as a a guideline and then use them as a way to recenter themselves and their teams when they feel like they're going off track. Because sometimes when you go off track, that's when things get haywire, especially when you have all these external forces changing things in your business. Uh, you got to be able to say, okay, well, where can I go back to that's going to help me get, okay, let me go back to communication. Maybe I need to communicate. more. Let me go back to collaboration. Maybe I need to collaborate more. I'm not in the the office with the team as often as I should be. I've been spending too much outside. Let me go back or whatever the case may be. It gives you that guiding point. And so those were, those are the five. And like I said, I call them the five keys of impact leadership. There's a ton of different ones out there, but those are the five things that I truly believe the most valuable and the most important when it comes to not only starting out, but having that guiding point.
0: Yeah. It's amazing that you, you know, brought up systems because that you're, you're totally right. When we look at something like manufacturing and Toyota, they are the leader in lean processes. And oftentimes people will fly all the way over there to study how they do that process to implement it within their own business. Um, in, in my cons- consulting world in the healthcare realm, Six Sigma is a huge uh, baseline for how people understand what good or standard looks like. So I'm totally tracking with you on that. Um, these, pr- these principles that you mentioned, these five impact principles are, are awesome. And they they definitely resonate with me. What have you seen of these principles that is the most challenging when you encounter different conversations or connecting with different leaders that have maybe requires a little bit more focus and attention?
1: I think, you know, for me, and and the reason why I made it number one is always going to be communication. That's the biggest thing. And I... Oftentimes, from all levels, whether you're someone who's just starting out in your career or you're someone who's been in the game 30, 40, 50 years, communication has always been the biggest thing. And the reason why is because it's not only the first step, but it's the step that opens up the line, right? Right now, today, we would not be having this this podcast if we didn't open the lines of communication, right? Mm -hmm. If I was shying away or if I wasn't as transparent or honest or thorough with my work, and I did not open up that line of communication. We would not be in contact with each other and we wouldn't be doing this podcast. And then so many other things that has happened for, with other people, um, me starting weekly leadership. So communication is always going to be the biggest thing. And it's the most important step that really stays consistent throughout the process. As you start to move into collaboration, consistency, you, you have to do all these things, but they start with communication. They all go back to that. I can't be consistent if I'm not communicating. I can't collaborate if I'm not communicating. How am I supposed to have courage and care for others if I'm not communicating? So it always goes back to that for me. And I think there's so many individuals who struggle with it for a couple of reasons. One being the fact that nobody's showed them. And then two, oftentimes we get into environments where it's just kind of like, oh, just, it is what it is. So we never really focus on it. And you you kind of just take shape of whatever environment you're in. Like that's, that becomes your norm. If you work at a company, that has really bad communication skills with their sales team, you can't expect people to go out and make sales and not be able to connect with the community and the prospects that they have. But if Mm -hmm. you build a team where you're training people and you're opening those lines, then you can do that. And that's always going to be, again, the first step that gets you to grow. I mean, it's it's the biggest thing.
0: It's it's the foundational part. It's like a house. If you don't have the foundation... You know, you can't get all the other components, right? You can't put on a roof and build exactly. walls until you until you have that base. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. You know, what one of the things that um I think about is how do you stay inspired as a leader, you know? Like what what does it look like for you to lead by example? Because leaders too have struggles and they have down times and they get discouraged. What would you say as leaders we can do to stay inspired in a very noisy, distracting environment?
1: Well, you know, the first thing that I always look at is carving out time for yourself, right? That, I mean, that's going to be the biggest thing. And not just to say, you know, people will say, hey, self-care, whatever. Yeah, you got to do those things, right? Go go and relax. Go take a spa day. Whatever it is you want to do, go do that. But then also carve out some time for you to, to read. Carve out some time for you to maybe just a documentary on some research that you've always been interested in. All right, relax and, and go watch that documentary. Um, some of the biggest things that come to mind when we're looking at staying motivated is building a community around yourself maybe four or five, six different people that you all have the same mindset or similar growth and you can go to them, you can talk to them. And Maybe it's on Clubhouse or maybe you do a podcast together. Uh, oftentimes I'll reach out to people and, hey, what do you think about this idea? And we'll collaborate and we'll talk about it. And it doesn't have to be something that we're doing you know, tomorrow, but it's just that conversation. Again, going back to opening the lines of communication that keeps you motivated because there's been times where I would get done with a crazy day with work and, all these other things going on. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to jump on Clubhouse. We got a room to do tonight. And then I jump in the room, and all of a sudden, this energy comes in because of the individuals that are there with me. Um, yeah. So it, it's really just about surrounding yourself with the right people. I remember we did SOG a couple weeks ago, and Lewis House came into the room. And, you know, it's a Friday night for us, and, you know, you're ready to, like, all right, cool, Friday, we'll do our room. And then room blows up and all of a sudden there's 200 people there, but the energy level goes through the roof. So you're constantly getting inspired. And I think also realizing, again, there's there's always another chapter. There's always another obstacle, another wave. I always think about what Jim Rohn said, that every single part of life is like the season, right? You always have the, the winter, spring, summer, and fall. So there's always going to be another winter, there's always going to be another spring. And we know this, and they may be different from the ones previously, but it's just a matter of knowing that it's there, that you're going to be able to go over through that obstacle. And just having the right people is how you prepare for those winters. This is how you prepare for those springs. that keeps you motivated, that keeps you ready in order to overcome them when they, when they get there. So that's, that's how I would do it and how I would break it down.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. And I love what you said about community and taking time to learn. Um, What I took away from what you just described is a mindset of curiosity and learning. If we're open to reading, listening to podcasts, watching documentaries, it allows us to take in new information. So um, it kind of makes me think about how we have a choice of what we consume. And there are negative things that we can consume because there's no shortage, there's no shortage of that. Uh, all you have to do is turn on the TV or turn on any kind of media platform and it'll, it'll wash over you. And so it's making, it's making me feel like what you're talking about is the intentionality of making time to choose things that are feeding you in a way that can elevate your mind and not not destroy it with garbage.
1: Yeah. It, you know the biggest thing too it's so funny kind of pointing back to Jim Rohn. Anybody that knows me knows like Jim Rohn is one of my favorite speakers here and if you guys don't know Jim Rohn you, you probably know Tony Robbins. Tony used to work for Jim back in the day, right? So that's you you can yeah. see where that source of inspiration came from and what it led to. But, you know, Jim Rohn used to always talk about that. You know, if you wake up in the morning, you know, this is back in the 70s and 80s. You wake up in the morning and you start watching the news or you read the newspaper and you start reading about murders and stabbings and debt, and people uh, losing their businesses and all these different things. And this story got broken into and this bank lost its money. And th- you can't expect to go out and have a great day, right? Now you can shift it and you could do that in the decisions that you make. Later on throughout the day, as you start to move forward. But you have to, as he would say, stand guard at the gate of your mind. You have to be able to say, okay, this is what I'm gonna watch. This is what I'm gonna listen to. This is what I'm gonna surround myself with. This is the career, the path, the business, the individuals I wanna have in my life. That is what I'm moving towards, not beyond the surface level of like, oh, well, it is what it is, right? I did an interview with Clint Pulver, who has a book coming out later uh, in a couple weeks, actually and he said we need to stop walking around with this wandering generality of just like oh well it is what it is and wouldn't it be cool if we can just do that and really just start taking claim of our life and, and where we are and saying no i'm making a decision today to do xyz and go out and there and do it whether it's jumping into a random room on clubhouse Maybe it's just going to a bookstore or maybe you just go on a random vacation. Carrie Kish, we had just mentioned him earlier. Carrie, a good friend of ours, flew to the Summit of Greatness by himself. Just flew to it by himself. I mean, I flew there by myself and, and and like many others, but we left with, you know, all of these relationships that we built that were just like people. It was like we knew each other for 10 years and here we are, you know, two years into it, you know, hopefully by next year, things will open up a little bit, but. You know, it'll be already three years at that point, And it's almost like we've known each other this lifetime. And that comes yeah. with surrounding yourself with the right people. So that's, yeah. that's, again, the most important.
0: That is so huge. It's funny because Carrie and I were talking about that the other day. And sometimes you have to take stock of the people around you. And if they are not aligning with the goals or the, or the place that you want to be, you have to choose to put yourself in environments that are going to expand the folks around you. And I think that Summit of Greatness and this community has given us the incredible opportunity and has been a gift that's kept on giving in terms of networks and um, collaborations that have been a lot of fun, despite being in this interesting environment of, um, the coronavirus. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Pandemic. Yeah. I know. I know right. that thing that we, we thought was gonna, you know, go away after a couple of weeks. We're here more than a year later. You know what I mean? So it's uh it's insane. It's, <laughs> it's insane. insane.
1: It's been so crazy, but I think what it did is it forced a lot of people to really see what was important in our life and what wasn't. Like without a doubt, we lost a lot we lost yeah. a lot. I know I've had, I had a roller coaster of a year. I'm sure you did. And many others had, you know, a lot of ups and downs and there were some wins along the way. I'm not like, I did have some wins along the way, but there was also a lot of loss and there were people who lost even more. There are people who lost family members, people who lost their careers, people who lost their, you know, businesses that are still impacted from that to this day and probably will be from, you know, who knows how long, but you know, it's it's one of those things that I think about, and I'm like, you know what? I'm in a way happy that it happened because I was able to really evaluate, you know, the things that were really important, and really focus and, and hone in on the things that I was doing as well. So it, that's for me the the positive side, of it. even though you know we had to stay inside and you know. We're still right
0: <laughs> and everything. I know. It is, what it is a mass or now an accessory that we uh have a part of our wardrobe uh so you know i can't i'm not, I cannot get around the fact that it's twenty twenty one and okay. we've got a lot of chaos still happening in our first world country, you know, and uh right. in many ways I was. It was an interesting process for me because 2020, at the beginning of the year, I was so gung ho. I went to the Oprah event. I was like, "Girl, yes, this is 2020 vision, clarity, all the things, leadership." And I was on a high. Then the coronavirus hit, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And then our political climate just got more crazy, and 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 George Floyd, and you know, all these things were happening. And I'm, and and I was sitting there going, "Am I in the twilight zone? Like, what is happening? This can't be 2020." vision. And then I thought to myself, you know what? It is. It's just what you don't want to see. And so, it got me thinking, um, coming back around to leadership, is that personal reflection as an individual is, how do you show up in a time when it feels like the entire world, especially the immediate world that we live in here in America, is just you know, in some ways feels like it is is deteriorating a little bit around you, you know? What mm. um, has been your perspective of how to stay in a mindset that is flourishing um, given the climate that we're in from a social perspective?
1: Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, aside from COVID-19, uh, politically and socially, we've gone through, I mean, just a crazy year. And I love what you said there about 2020, and, and that was the theme of the year, right? Like, everybody went into 2020, like, yes, 2020 vision, like, yes, yeah, let's go, let's get it. But, like you said, we received a sense of clarity that we weren't, I don't want to say we weren't expecting, but that we needed, that we needed to see. And I think we saw that we we saw a lot of truths. We saw a lot of things, especially with, you know, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor and, and many others, uh, Ahmaud Aubrey, uh, I believe, who we lost in February of that year. It was right before, I think, right around the same time or right before George Floyd. So it's very, it was upsetting, obviously, and, and uh, very sad and unfortunate, I think, for, you know, the world to see all of that, especially. And then, obviously, we rode through this roller coaster of um, politics and, you know, it's, it's, it's up and down. Um, But how do you keep a mindset that's flourishing? I mean, it's, it's not easy, but again, I think it's about finding the people that are doing right things and aligning yourself with those people. And a lot of times I go back to this analogy that I use that a lot of times the relationships that we build in life are like two trains leaving from a train station, right? So you're on the West Coast, correct?
0: Yep. California, the Bay area.
1: Right. Okay. Perfect. So let's say I'm in, I'm in North Carolina. Let's say I take a train here and there's two trains, one going to Cali, one going to Vermont, right? If I want to get to Cali at some point, even though we leave from the same train station, I have to stay on the track. Those trains have to separate. One has to go West. The other one has to go North. Now the trip to Cali might be a little bit longer, but there's going to be moments experiences and things that will happen along the way that eventually when i get there it's going to be even more worth it that although there's these obstacles and although the trip is longer and you're going to meet the people along the way that get you there so it's it's difficult but aligning myself with those people eventually will help us get to that final destination where most people in life we we go through this surface level stuff right where we say you know what i wasn't really planning on going to vermont but it's a shorter ride, and you know it's a lot quicker, yeah, I might as well that's where everybody else is going, so I'm gonna to go to Vermont too, right, and we do the same thing in life well, that's where everybody else is doing. oh, they said that that's what we do okay, yeah, I'll do that too, and we go there and we pretend like it's okay, but it's really not and we kind of just kick it under the rug and you know and it's we live with this pressure that we're constantly keeping on our shoulders of not doing the things that we're totally aligned with, and that's because we let all these outside factors in so you know, I think, you know, aligning yourself with the right people can help you through those difficult times, especially one like 2020, where whether it's socially, politically, personally, um, you know, maybe it's just business. You know, I think it's just having the right people in your life because, you know, like I said, you're going to lose a lot along the way. The ride is going to be a little bit longer, but eventually, guess what? You end up in Cali. Eventually, you end in that final destination to where you were planning and where you feel most aligned with and and where you find that purpose. Um, But it's, it's not easy. I think it's just a matter of, like you said earlier, expanding past your horizons and just putting yourself out there. And I find that the more that you share your story, the more people that you find that resonate with that story, even if you don't think that it's something that people would find, you know, interesting. Right. I mean, (laughs) like I look at my stuff, but when I share my story, there's a lot of kids out there who grew up and a lot of people today who struggle with, you know, whatever they're doing because they grew up like me, right? They weren't good in school. They failed a lot. They, they, they never had the right people around them and they might hear me speak on stage one day on, you know, clubhouse or something like that. and I say, Oh wow. That, that's the same thing I went through too. Oh, let me go reach out to DJ. Or they might hear your story and they say, Oh wow. Des did that too. Oh, there's somebody else out there that that experienced the same thing. And look, she's thriving. She was able to get past that. Let me go online myself for her. As we go down the track, we pick up the moments and experiences along the way where we find people that are like, oh, let me help you. And you help them, right? It's vice versa. And so, again, it, it might there might be some obstacles along the way uh, throughout that journey. But again, it just really comes down to the people that are around you. And I think that's the best way. And and you saw with everything that happened politically and everything that's happened socially uh, with the loss of all these people and and all these different things, it was the bonding and the connectivity of people coming together that Mm -hmm. said, hey, even though we have all these things going on, it's us coming together that's going to make the difference. And essentially, you know, we're not going to forget, obviously, all the stuff that happened, but it's just a matter of bonding together to create a different outcome so we can move forward from. And that's, that's, yeah.
0: The- yeah. Oh, that's, that's so inspiring. I, I think that the momentum that you gain based on what you described, it's like you're like the train and that journey becomes more exponential because you're mag, you're getting magnetized with more things coming into your orbit. That's allowing you to thrive because you're open to. To the, to the journey. And I think that, um, you know, what, one of the things that I often when I'm coaching people and I hear stories um, at the beginning, going back to what you said about sharing your stories, it's this scary feel, feeling of vulnerability that people have that go, oh, my gosh, if I say this, I'm going to feel like I'm getting judged. It's scary. Uh, what if people don't understand me? Um, what if people, you know, I, I think just sharing something personal is always a, is always a little unsettling because you're not sure how it's going to land for people. And, and then what I've found is hundred percent of the time, I, I would say they're surprised by how much that positively impacts somebody else who felt like they were alone because they just needed to hear a story.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. It, you know it's funny you mentioned that. Um I was thinking of this trailer that I just saw of Tina Turner. Uh which I mean the documentary looks awesome. It's gonna be it's on HBO right now. And the crazy thing about the documentary, if you watch the trailer, they talk about, you know, how she started out. and She was this powerhouse. and She had this amazing voice at a young age. And uh, and then she had a, that dark period in her relationship with Ike Turner. It wasn't until she had left that relationship and she decided that she was going to, like, rebrand herself. Like, even though she lost everything, she had ba- basically no money was starting from scratch again. But she had her story and her name. And that was the whole trailer of that documentary was how she went out. And it was her story, uh, aside from, you know, her talent and and her amazing, you know, singing. It was her story that impacted people more that created the legend of Tina Turner, who would have thought that the darkest period of her life was the period that shined light on all the different areas where people were struggling and ended up impacting people. Yeah, I think that's, for me, I mean, vulnerability, you hit it right on the head is the most important thing when it comes to leadership and authenticity, because a lot of leaders, again, they put up this wall. When I was working, I was working at this company in Jersey, right. And where I had started in the event management industry. And, you know, as I started to move up and I was working with all these individuals, I remember working with, you know, the vice president and CEO these people hand in hand. And there was this wall, there was this, you know, Okay, this is what I do. This is my title and that's all you need to know. There was no connectivity. There was no communication. There was no transparency. So you might know from hearing from other people like, "Oh yeah, I think so and so does this." Like you don't even know what they do. You just know that, "Okay, that's the president, that's the director," and then that's what it is and what they say goes. And if you question if you questioned it, it was it was not good. It was not good if you questioned their motive or why they had everybody do a certain thing it was like oh we're having a meeting we used to go into meetings where managers would tell people don't ask questions about x y and z because they don't want to hear it you got to sit there and just listen and i was like well then it's not a meeting this is a lecture because (laughs) because now they're just telling us what they want to do and i think the the thing there to also know is not being afraid to be challenged right Because a lot of times, like as leaders, you know, again, you get to that positional level and there's this idea that you're supposed to know everything. But guess what? You don't. I don't. Nobody does. The best of the best don't even know everything. It's impossible. Right. But if you're transparent and you're honest and you're vulnerable and you say, hey, you know what? I don't know exactly what the right step is, but I know I do know that if we work together, we open up those lines of communication, then we can get to a point where we'll figure it out together. And putting the right people around you, again, going back to building that sense of community, will help you get there. Yeah, Just like uh, on Thursday, I had my weekly leadership room, but because of everything else going on, I couldn't host it. Carrie reached out and said, hey, if you want, me and uh, Kathy will host it for you. And they hosted the room. And I'm you know, extremely appreciative of that, but it was because I aligned myself with the right people that have the same mission and vision as I do that they're like hey we believe in the work that you're doing and vice versa you know we don't mind running this room for you and and you know continuing that that path of growth and impact so uh but yeah it it really just comes down to the sense of vulnerability and not being afraid to share your story i mean that's your that's your greatest power is the story you have no matter how silly you think it is no matter you know how uninteresting you think it is there's probably more people than you know that have went through the same thing or worse and they find inspiration in that story so you i tell people all the time share your story get on a podcast or write it whatever that medium is that you use to get it out there do it because you're going to find a lot of impact and you're going to grow your circle outside of that as well
0: yeah oh my gosh So powerful. And it just, it's such an alignment DJ. You know, one of my biggest messages is to be unapologetically you. And part of that, being able to do that is owning your story because it is, it is who you are and it continues to shape the choices that you make, the people you surround yourself with and how you choose to accelerate the different goals and dreams in your life. So thank you so much for for saying that. Um, I want to ask you a couple questions that will allow people to get to know a little bit more about you and hopefully encourage them to, you know, maybe dig in a little bit more into themselves. So my first question for you is what three words best describe you? Mm
1: -hmm. I would definitely say Passionate. I would say grateful. And for my third word, I would say adventurous. And uh, for me, it's really just the adventure of building and growing, you know, having new experiences. As, you know, the kid who was once in the back of the class growing up in Jersey City, New Jersey, and, you know, never really thought that I would be. You know, in these different moments and experiences, for me, that's that's the adventure of life. It's really just being able to see myself in those moments and just being grateful and passionate and saying, "Wow, I can't believe I'm here." So, those would be my three.
0: I love that adventure. That's that's amazing. Okay, my next question for you is: What's something about yourself that you're working on improving?
1: Ooh, you know, for me, it's always. My public speaking because I, you know, I'm constantly doing you know live rooms. I'm constantly you know on the virtual stages, if you will, um, hosting a lot of stuff. So even though I've been on a lot of podcasts, I've done a lot of different things. I'm always looking to improve that because I want to try to show up as best as I can each time. And you know, every single time I'm I'm always speaking to a different group. You know, every single time we do a room and weekly leadership, it's a different topic. Uh, or I might be collaborating with someone else. So, my public speaking is my biggest thing. Uh, I have this natural tendency to be able to do it. It, it really kind of just comes, you know, second nature for me. But I'm always trying to look at how I can improve in that space, along with my writing, because a lot of my work involves speaking and writing. So that's that's really my two. If I had to give you two, those would be my 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 two ones.
0: I love that you go from the quiet kid that doesn't write and read much to this vibrant person that writes, speaks, and reads all day long. (laughs) That's
1: that's it. And the funniest thing about it is that, like, I remember seeing that high school proficiency exam, and I remember thinking back, like, okay, I I did all right. I think I did (laughs) all right. And then I looked at, and I went to the basement. We were looking at, like, old, you know, uh, Photos from when me and my sister were kids, and I'm like, "What's this folded up piece of paper?" I open it up, and it's the same exam. And I look at all three scores, and I fail the reading, writing. <laughs> so, like, who who passed me? Who told me I was good to go to high school? a But you know, it's just funny because now my whole life now is surrounded by speaking and writing. Uh, obviously, like when I got my masters in management and leadership, that was my whole. That was my whole thing. And and it was funny because I became one of the fastest um people to finish that program. Not because I was trying to like speed through it or because you know I was trying to like beat anyone. I mean, I did the whole program myself. There was nobody to beat again. But it was because of the years of experiences that I've had that when I saw the work, I was able to fully immerse myself. And they were like, Oh, hey, uh, do you want to take three weeks off? Cause they would try to scale it out like a regular program. It was supposed to be like an year and a half two years yeah and uh they were like do you want to take you finished your first classes you could take like two three weeks off i was like oh um okay i was like can you bump up the other ones or am i allowed to move forward they're like if if you want it's just not really recommended i'm like yeah just just bump it up bump it up and then all of a sudden i was on the advanced track so it's just funny to think of myself as like the kid who wasn't really that great in, in class academically and uh to now be in a place where it's a totally different story, but that just comes with the fact that I aligned myself with work that makes sense. You know, it's work that I, I feel that I'm gifted in. So that's, that's really why I've been able to move along at such a pace and do it in a way where I've, I've been able to thrive in it. It's because I'm not a math major, but I know management. So that's really, that's really why.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I love that you gave yourself grace. You were like, yeah, no, I'm, I was probably decent <laughs> or, or not, or not. Yeah. But, you know, it, just, it, yeah. <laughs> it, show, it shows us that when we put our mind to something, you can. You can, you can persevere, right? So here you are. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay. My next question for you is, what's a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Um, You know, I think a lot of it really came to, for me, on a personal level, was was physical. Uh, You know, when I was younger, I was always like the bigger kid in class, right? And I had mentioned, you know, whatever, you see the bully and stuff like that. And stuff like that. Which I'm happy it, it, that happened because it gave me the fuel to turn that around. When I first got to college, you know, I was always on this path of just, you know, I was eating and whatever. Then you get to college, it's even worse. You're eating ramen, and eat something. So by the time I got to college, I was 320 and, you know, a lot of it came from the self-limiting belief that I, I could never go to the gym. It wasn't you know, strong enough, or whatever. And then I ended up going and, and doing that and became obsessed with fitness. And then uh, that led to me you know not only losing all that weight, and I got down to that 205 and then I got really heavily into like weightlifting. Now I'm like reverting and going back back to it because of covid so i haven't been able to like hit the gym how i normally but uh that led into a bunch of different things and i ended up getting into jujitsu and um, competing in that and things of that nature so um I-, I think that was my previously like my biggest self-limiting belief that is that i couldn't get there but i think through just consistent action eventually i did to figure out what worked what didn't and really for me changed my life at that point
0: That's incredible. Yeah. I think so many people can relate to that. You know, you kind of just tell yourself something and you you live into an identity that you've created in your mind of I I'm I'm that person and you don't realize that you're you're feeding it yourself.
1: You know? Yep. And and I'm going to say this cuz and you do you still do Zumba?
0: Boy, you know I do. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, so I'm gonna gonna tell a quick story. When when I first got into like fitness and everything, I was in college. I I went to school in Rhode Island, so uh, you know I was going to Johnson and Wales University, and uh, I was you know there for my undergraduate. And when I started going to the gym, we were I was going to the other side of the campus where the basketball team and and the baseball team would train because this is huge gym, treadmills, every single machine you could think of. Then I went home. And we didn't have that at home. We had like where my mom lives. Uh, they have a, a clubhouse that has a nice size gym in there. But that was about it. So then when I came back home, there was nothing there except for a Zumba DVD set.
0: Stop. <laughs> yep. It's my dream come true. <laughs> yep.
1: And I got in. And I, and I and it's funny, too, because I still remember. So there's a, somebody who had like uploaded the video like eight or nine years ago of the Zumba cardio party. And I still remember every single step, like the, like you throw on the song, I'm doing all, I'm doing gumbia, I'm doing salsa. And I know all the, I'm like, Hey, like, hey. I know all the different steps. And, uh, but that was like one of my main ways of like, kind of just trying to stay in shape. And it, I literally, like, I know the whole Zumba thing, like the back of my hand. So it's, it's pretty funny story for me. DJ, our,
0: our connection level just got so deep right now. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm telling you sometimes I be feeling myself. I be like getting it just by myself. Hey, yeah, nobody's there but me, but I'm getting it right now. You just wait till we could do this in public. Exactly. Oh snap. Yeah. But it's, it's so much fun. It's just like, it's exercise, but I'm not even really thinking about it, you know, cause it's just, it's a good time. So
1: it is, it is. I love it. I do.
0: So, ah, I love that. I love that so much. All right. My next question for you is, what's one thing that you want to see changed in the world? I
1: want people to really tap into that inner greatness that they have, right? And I think for me as a kid, and for years, really, I always felt like I had this great thing in me, I just didn't know what it was. And it wasn't until I hit some sort of adversity that I figured out, like, oh I know what leadership is. I know what personal development is. Like, no wonder why I've had these experiences. Like I wasn't like some like multi-millionaire or whatever. Like, you know, and I'll leave that for Instagram and social media. Fine. Um of course we all want to have success and, and you know, we want to grow and, and create things. But I think what's most important how we grow ourselves internally, so we can perform at a higher level externally. Right. Um, I just wrote an article that I sent to this company on intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Where your intrinsic ones are obviously your 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 inside motivations, what really drives you, your purpose, your mission, your goals in life, and your extrinsic ones are, you know, the money or what people tell you is is what you should do and all these different things. And if we just tap into our intrinsic motivations more often, we'll not only become even more aligned, but we'll also find the thing that we're gifted at. And that is where you start to grow. And then everything else will follow. I love the story of Marie Callender, the pie company, Yeah. who, and I think Steve Harvey talked about this too, where she was working at some diner that was getting ready to go out of business. She was making, you know, whatever minimum wage. And the the diner all of a sudden was going to close. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to bring some pie. And the owner's like, okay, sure. Bring some pie. It sells out. She brings two pies. She brings three pies. They sell out. Four, five, it keeps selling out. So then she was starting making so much money from the pies that she brought a commercial oven to put in her house. And now if you look at where Marie Callender is today, you can't go anywhere in the world without seeing Marie Callender's pies right? Mm-hmm. Go to the frozen section of your local target, you're going to see Marie count this pie. So she tapped into her gift where something as simple as making pie, you wouldn't think of that as like, oh, I'm going to build a business out of this, or I'm going to you know, create something great out of this. But it's again, it's aligning yourself and finding out what those intrinsic motivations are that'll allow you to figure out what you're great at, but most importantly, what you're gifted at. And that's what I want people to tap to, because if you figure out what you're gifted at, then everything else kind of just happens naturally. You don't have to worry about, oh, what am I going to do and how am I going to grow? And just tap into that. And then you'll be able to scale and motivate and impact and then really get to an area of life where you can really truly be happy and not be obsessed with what the media is telling you is successful or how you should measure your success. Just try to tap into your gift. that's, That's what I would want everyone to do.
0: Wow. There is so much magic in what you just said and in, in how when we go inward, everything happens outward, but it starts inside. It starts with the exploration, the journey, the time, the commitment that we spend on ourselves and not all this stuff on the outside.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, it It's the most important thing and how we can pull away from, you know, the aspect where we we keep constantly putting weight into what others think about us and say, and you know, what they think we should do and all these different things. And I can tell you right now, that is the most stressful thing. I mean, I grew up my whole life like that, like as a kid, like I used to worry what, what other people would say, what they would think. I should have just been tapping into what makes me happy, but nobody was there to tell me that, right? And I didn't know that. It's the trial and error process that makes you say, okay, what where can I really go with it? Where can I how can I scale? And again, it, it really just comes down to putting yourself out there. Maybe some maybe you gotta take a trip by yourself somewhere. I remember my mom when I was younger, not to go off track, but we took a trip back in the day, which uh, is me, my mom and my sister to uh, Costa Rica. This is back before Costa Rica is like what, you know, before what it is today. Like now, it, I mean, mm-hmm. still a beautiful country, but now it's a very popular travel destination. It wasn't that, yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was political strife. It was, I mean, there were some beautiful areas that we went to. I remember we were in Tortuguero and we went to Tamarindo and all these beautiful places uh, and we were there for a month. And I'm like, what in the world? Cause I was like, can we go to Disney world or something? Like, what is this? <laughs> and, what uh, is that <laughs> a jungle? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, we were, and we were literally, and then I remember I'm thinking about like, wow, like I remember being like 12 years old, and we were climbing through the uh, through the rainforest. I went on a hike and we climbed through the rainforest, and you could see like poisonous frogs that were like bright yellow, and then we get to the top of this mountain, and you see the the canal, and it was just like, so it was pretty crazy, and I realized that at the time, but when I look back, it was those type of experiences, and I realized what she was doing which was just trying to get us to tap into expanding our horizons. Cause she used to always say that, right? I mean, we grew up in Jersey city, you know, urban area. We didn't really have a whole lot growing up and my mom's done so well for herself in her medical career. But in the beginning, it wasn't like that, you know? So to see that at an early point where it wasn't about trying to take the job that gives you the most money. And it wasn't about trying to get the title it was about expanding yourself because that's where you really learn and grow and then everything else follows after that so yeah. that was like the most important thing like like I'll never forget that for sure
0: that is so powerful yeah it, it it reminds me i i did um tony robbins unleash the power within Oof. and yeah, okay. yeah and 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 he was talking about fulfillment and as he talked about that, he was bringing up people like Anthony Bourdain, Kate Spade, Robin Williams, and, and um, it's incredible when we think about these people that have been icons in our society doing things that will live on and create a legacy for forever, yet fulfillment, you would think, my gosh, these people had everything. What you know, and yet their lives were shortened because they weren't fulfilled in the ways that you're talking about in terms of taking the time to to go in. And um, yeah, that that was kind of an eye-opening thing for me to think of because I, I, I sat there and thought, Oh, yeah, gosh, I people would want that life you know want want those you know the amazing um success and the money and the travel and the experience and the celebrityhood um but that's not everything no. so no. Yeah. yeah and
1: that's why you see more people start you see so many people that struggle with with uh you know drug addictions and, and alcohol addictions and things like that um and, and there's a multitude of different reasons but a lot of it comes from the fact that we just we, we didn't tap into those things that really truly made us happy and we yeah. were so busy putting weight into what other people were thinking doing and things like that trying to make other people happy or whatever the case may be when really you should be checking in with yourself first and i think again it just comes down to having the people around you that tell you that like hey you should you should really tap into these skills or these gifts that you have because that's where you start to find that growth So, you know, if if people do that, then we start to kind of pull away from all those negative aspects. And then you can really, truly, you know, live a happier and fulfilled life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, my last question before we start to wrap up is what is one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever been given?
1: The best piece of advice I ever got was from my mentor, Joe Rocco. And I mentioned him earlier, so and I just want to give people a little context. So Joe was a uh, sports analyst back in the 70s and 80s, and uh, he's worked with everybody. He's interviewed Muhammad Ali, George Foreman, Howard Cosell, Billie Jean King. I mean, the who's who of sports, he's worked with them. And uh, eventually he became an entrepreneur, and he started off doing live events in comedy which was how I met him because I love, I love up comedy. I'm a big fan of, you know, so many different people. So, uh, that's how I started working with, you know, all these comedians, you know, I was at the time 20 years old and I'm here with, uh, you know, the impractical jokers and Lily Tomlin and all these amazing individuals. And so, uh, I remember when I first met him, we did the, uh, the impractical jokers was the first show. And I, I, I knew them for years. This is before they even had their TV show. They were like a little YouTube group that I used to watch back in the day, and uh, we we were working with them. And I remember we were setting up their stuff in the back. And he actually, when he saw me working, he would have me personally work with every single performer, which is how I kind of became like his go-to guy. So I would I would work with the performers, their managers, and make sure they had everything. So I'm you know here I am in the trailer like hanging out with Bill Burr and all these people, but I remember the first show he we were uh, setting everything up. And we were walking from the from the back, or technically the front, where the stage was, all the way back to uh, to where our hub was, where everybody was sitting. It was like DJ, if there's anything that you take away from this, he's like the first thing that you should always know is you should never assume. And you know, at that moment, he was really talking about where we had uh, partnerships with other businesses to supply like you know guitar stands or seating if we needed. If we had to uh, get seating for the performer and uh, in in return, we would always put their name out there or we would order food from them or whatever the case may be. Um, And we had to go check on something. He said, you should just never assume that they're going to come through and and they'll have everything that you need. Always double check, double down on yourself. and, And if they don't get it, at least you know that you were able to execute it. So if they fall through, you know that you were able to deliver. And I think that's an important thing to take away that we should never assume that, you know, there's always going to be somebody that's going to help us. We should never assume that, you know, our boss or our manager or whoever's there is going to give us the opportunity to grow. No matter how many years you've been there, we should never assume because we keep putting our fate and our destiny in the hands of other individuals who may not necessarily care or may not necessarily come through when you have a project or something you want to do, um, Eventually you'll find people that you can build and trust and and you'll have that community with that, you know, are going to help you with that. But I think at the end of the day, if you just invest and bank on yourself, you know, then you won't have to worry about assuming you can always know for sure what the case is going to be, you know, like, you know, right now, if you started the alphabet, you know, that you could get from A to Z if you were to go all the way through. But if you stopped halfway, assuming that I was going to finish the rest of it, there's no telling that I'm going to finish the rest of it. Yeah. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? So if you're able to just bank on yourself and just like, no, I'm going to finish this, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make sure it happens. Um, that's where you start to really have a better execution. point. So yeah, that I would say, if anything was one of the most important. For sure.
0: Wow. I love that. And what is So awesome. One of my favorite books is the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz and The first agreement is don't make assumptions. Fancy that. So (laughs) I love that. I love that advice. That's amazing. DJ, is there anything that you've got going on in terms of events, programs, or things that you're working on that you want people to know about?
1: Yeah, so obviously we have the website weeklyleadership.com. Uh, We have articles hosted on there. We have the podcast on there. Um, One of my biggest things right now, I'm looking for individuals to become like contributing writers because I've been connecting with so many people. Uh, I just love to get different perspectives. I like to bring in other individuals to really create a community with weekly leadership. So we have that going on. Um, Right now I'm working on a book for weekly leadership that's based off of those five principles that I mentioned earlier. Um, So we have that in the works as well. And then, of course, we have the community itself. I just uh, started the Facebook community. So trying to get that growing and getting more individuals involved. And I think it's a really nice way for people to come in, share their goals, share their stories. Or if you're just looking to connect with other people, um, that's uh, that's really the main thing for me is creating a resource where individuals can come in, connect, learn and uh, really, uh, you know, learn from each other that they go and inspire others in their life so um, those are really the main things that we have going on right now if you go to my instagram at weekly leadership the link is in the bio and it has all of the different things and you'll see the weekly leadership community on facebook right at the top so
0: but yeah. awesome that is perfect so we will people can follow you at weekly leadership on Instagram and they can find links to everything there. I'll make sure that links to your content are in the show notes so people can check that out as well. But I cannot thank you enough, my friend for your time Today, I appreciate you so much. I always get so much out of our conversations and, and, um, it's truly a gift and a blessing for, for you to be in my life and for you to give the gift that you do of just authenticity and great leadership and vulnerability because it really, it really does attract amazing people and I enjoy being a part of your clubhouse rooms. So, um, I'm, there's a lot more to come and I'm excited for you.
1: Thank you so much, Des. I appreciate you, and uh, you know again, uh, anytime that we get to collaborate and have these conversations, obviously, you know I'm very passionate about that. So uh you know, I think the the platform that you have is just amazing. you've been doing a lot of things that I've been watching that I've been like, okay, she's she's growing, she's growing, she's growing and and not only that, but impacting people, you know you impact just one person, you can inspire the world. So I think you're just doing amazing work, and i'm I'm really really happy to see all of it.
0: Thank you, DJ. Well, I'm looking forward to being able to be in person soon. I feel I do feel it in my bones that that's coming, um, whether that is through the summit of greatness or you know something else that comes up for us. I'm excited for that day, and we'll we'll get to connect a lot more through all the different forums that we're a part of. So,
1: for sure, for sure. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I, like I said, I I'm I'm pretty sure it'll happen happen soon. As we start to climb out of this this uh, big shift in the world, I, I'm pretty sure we'll, we'll get back to that for sure.
0: Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you so much. And thank you to all of you who tuned in today to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming and showing up every week. I hope that you've been inspired. So stay tuned for the next episode. Take care, guys. It was so dope to have... My boy DJ on the show, somebody who has immersed himself in leadership nearly all his life. Such an amazing story to go from somebody who couldn't read, write, or do those things well and was shy and to see how he's thriving today. So I really took away some amazing things from the interview with DJ, but what really struck me was the importance of making time for ourselves and looking intrinsically and what those internal motivators are. Because when you have that rock solid foundation, regardless of what chaos is going on in the world, it keeps you grounded and surrounding yourself with like-minded people is also a huge part of that. The other thing I loved that he said at the end when I asked him about the best advice he had ever been given. And he was told by his mentor, Joe Rocco, to not ever assume, to never assume. And to basically always have accountability for yourself in the way that you show up, because you never know how others are going to show up. We can only control ourselves. We can't control other people. So it's just such a blessing that there's people like DJ in the world who are out there doing that individual work to show up as a leader in the community, in the places that we serve, because we are all leaders. We all have the ability to show up and do good in the world, despite the forces that are out there telling us otherwise. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Born Unbreakable podcast. Remember that you are your only limit and take action today. Can't wait for you to join me on the next episode.